everyone. Welcome to the Lipstick League. I'm Natalie Aganoff. Can you hear me? And I'm Nicole Mahalik. I had to plug in my microphone. Oh, okay. I was like, is I this have- thing on? Like, hello. Is this thing on? It's, been, it's been a couple weeks. So we're like, wait, hello. Ooh, yeah. It's been a couple weeks because I was in Nashville for work for a week. And then last week I got COVID. We we're supposed to record last week. And I texted Natalie and I was like, I don't feel good. I was like, I can barely talk. And then I literally texted you. And then I was like, you know what? I need to be a good person and test. And it lit up like a red stop sign. And then you were like, this is hilarious that it's like three years to the day that COVID explode. Like you have it. I'm like, I know. I, There's I know. people I know that have it now. I know. Nicole finally, finally got the vid. Mm-hmm. Um, I had it in 2021. Well, that's right. You did get it in 2021. I forgot that. Didn't you have it in 2021 too? Maybe that's why I, yeah. Oh, I had it bad. Christmas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you didn't have it that bad, did you? So here's what's weird. So when I had it in 2021, it was very achy, okay? So I was very achy and I was, I had a fever. I had like a low-grade fever, like 99 to 100 for like six days, that's but right. Okay. I didn't okay. have I didn't have a cough. I didn't have any sniffles. I didn't lose my taste or smell. Now get this. This time I still have the post nasal drip. Right. So I still have the post nasal drip, which is which is so annoying. Um, it's getting like a little bit better. I need to use the neti more, but I only had a fever for like I was pretty sick for like two and a half days, but I had a fever for a day. We're like in 2021, I had it for six days. It's just, it's just annoying. And there was obviously all this stuff going on the combine. And then obviously we're gearing up for the NFL draft. And then we're recording this on the start of baseball season, which is hilarious because last night I was at the Sixers game and they played Dallas. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't lie. Like I'm really excited to see Luca. And then Today, the Phillies open the season against the Rangers. Like, isn't that weird that there's this Dallas connection? And then Dawn Staley, who obviously is coaching, who's, it's so funny. I love her so much. She coaches University of South Carolina in the final four for the women's final four. And that's also in Dallas. Oh, that's right. She posted a photo outside of the stadium. And she said, like, here she is, this like massive coach, like going to win another championship. And she was like, in enemy territory, don't you worry, Eagles fans. She did a whole post just saying that like, she's so upset she's in Dallas and like, go birds. And I was like, you could take the girl out of Philly, but you can't take Philly out of the girl. Right. It's like, it's like so ingrained in our like, psyche that even just going to this to the city of Dallas is like some sort of like treasonous act no it's amazing and I can't I can't believe I mean I can believe right it's like the time just keeps going right the years keep coming and they don't stop coming who said that is that smash smash mouth mouth? yeah hey now (laughs) you're an all-star but it's it's baseball season the Phillies are playing and we're here again and I think if you've been watching um, any spring training games, um, or any of the, uh, world baseball classic, which was so much, so much fun to watch. Um, and you're invested in the Philadelphia Phillies get excited for the season pals. 
gals and guys and friends because Trey Turner, like it's going to be, it's going to be a good year. I have a really, really good feeling about um, Trey Turner literally looks like he's a history teacher, an elementary (laughs) history teacher. I know. I just saw the Phillies tweeted out um, his entrance today to the stadium and he's just wearing like, he's wearing khakis. Yeah. Like (laughs) again, it go, it goes to what I say um, about how like Trey Turner literally could walk in the target in South Philly and no one would know who he is. Not yes. one person would stop. He looks like a dad who lives in graduate hospital, who, you know, is either a history teacher or maybe he like works at Comcast in the IT department. A thousand percent look now. Meanwhile, he's hitting dingers. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. two two run homers, grand slams. Look at him with his little backpack, his little green jacket. I know. Khakis. A nice little beige sweater. Now, we, it's we obviously, it's very weird though, just from like a, like a a grasp standpoint of how like we felt like it was just October. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, and it's like, you hate to say that like when they say time's moving faster, it's, it's just like, stop going so fast. Like how is it already April? You know what I mean? Like it was just October. It was, And that's what's bugging me out is I feel like we're, st- and then, but then to be fair, then we, the Phillies World Series ended and then we just went right into the Eagles Super Bowl run. So yeah. I still feel like that was only a month, a month ago. Right. Literally. That was February 12th. It is now March 30th. So a month and two weeks ago, six weeks ago, Sweet. we were just ending the Super Bowl. And now we're yeah. here our back at baseball season. Um, but it's gonna be a great season. I'm really excited. Um, but yeah, there's been so much going on. Nicole, you've been everywhere. You were yeah. in Nashville. You hosted that panel. I was. I was in Nashville for this this seminar called CRS that stands for Country Radio Seminar. But it's it's more of a state of the industry. It's not just radio. It's the digital streaming platforms. It's all the record labels. It's artist management. It's artists, right? So like, it's crazy. There's, you know, I was just chit chatting with Kane Brown while he played ping pong. Like, it's, <laughs> there's all these performances. Like, was he any act- good? He was really good. He won his round. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I was just telling somebody I've never really played ping pong seriously before, Me but I would, I would like to like step up to a table and just give it a whirl. I want to play pickleball. That's I would like I to play to pickleball do. too. But there's no real pickleball courts in Philly. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I really um, want to learn how to play pickleball because it's it's not as it's not as intense as tennis. And I think I would like it. Yeah, I, apparently they're making all these pickleball courts in Central Park, and it's like a sport that is having its resurgence. Yeah, let's see if we could find some courts and people who could teach us. There's definitely oh, there's pickleball in Philly. I think there's like a league in uh, Center City, maybe in like the Bellevue or something. Is that still open? Is that I mean, horrible? it's like boomers probably. It's that's probably- already. Probably old rich people, which is nice. Well, that's fine with my orthopedic issues. It's not like I can be hitting like the tennis scores. What are we talking about? You have a broken ankle, PT. I'm going to PT for my hips. I have inserts for my shoe. I mean, we're right up there with Jan and Carl. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. Hand us the pickleball rackets. We'll we'll sign like, right we're up. We're good. We're good. Yeah. So yeah, so Nashville was really cool. And I was on the seminar and I actually put together a panel about social media with these three badass women. Shout out to Stephanie, Kelsey, and Cheldon, who were the social media experts. And I moderated the panel and it was it was very cool. But it's just crazy in like country music. Like we would have these lunches and there would be like eight performances from these different country artists. Like 
And then you just go to happy hour and everybody's just hanging out. Like Kelsey Ballerini just like showed up with her guitar and just like sat, sat on the stool and played. And I was like, oh my God, please. Like, what was Travis Kelsey like? Like you killed it on SNL, but like, did you get to jump on his back? <laughs> did you get to jump on his back? Yeah. I wonder what he's been doing in the off season. Have you been keeping, you keep up with him. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I listened to the podcast, you know, the, the Howie Roseman podcast with, with Jason Kelsey dropped last night. No, and it, dropped at, it dropped at six 30, but I was at the Sixers game. So I couldn't listen to it, but there was the tweet that were like, people don't realize how crazy this is. Like a active player is interviewing his boss's boss. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like you never, I mean, it's a long ass interview. Let's see how long it is. And you never, um, the Nick Sirianni one was so good. That was a, that was an awesome episode. I listened to that whole one. And you know what else I think is really funny is that, yeah, it's two hours and five minutes. This Howie Roseman podcast. Wow. Kelsey's are chatty Cathy's. They are chatty Cathy's. Well, and I'll tell you what, I feel like if there's anybody that Howie Roseman's going to give two hours of his like time to, it's going to be Jason Kelsey. Yeah. So they put out a couple clips and I think it's really funny because both Nick and Howie do it. They say like all the time. Howie's like, yeah, you know, like I want to do what's best for the freaking Eagles. Like, you know, I don't want, I don't have like superpowers. It's just funny hearing him talk because he's just such a powerful guy and he's just sounding like a frat bro i mean essentially look are they're they're all frat bros at the end yeah. of the day you know just he's to the sports statistics like guy who's just like raring to win another super bowl and wants to do right by the city i mean i think what we've seen and how he i think giving himself the freedom to have a personality to showcase to the fan base, I think has been a little bit of a blessing for him. Yeah. Cause he, he hundred percent. Yeah. He turned into like this, like perception wise, not, maybe not in reality, you know, this like diabolical guy who like, you know, there's all this and it's the NFL. So everything has this like layer of like anger on top of it. Perception wise, whether or not it's actually there. Like you could go, I feel like in the NFL, it would be like, would you like a bagel? Or, you know, in regular life, it's like, would you like a bagel? But in the NFL, it's like, would you like a bagel? <laughs> right. And it's like, you're just asking the same question, but in the NFL, things just seem so much more intense. So I think it's been good to kind of see like the human side of him, even like, you know, the Eagles showcasing when Jason, when Jason Kelsey signed and, you know, Howie Roseman basically like jumped on his back. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, you're saying, you know, and then um Nick Sirianni him kind of coming out being like that forward facing person did they say where he was for the coach's photo in the combine yeah that um Mike Vrabel also was not in the photo because the two of them were just talking football and they just lost track of time and they just didn't show up that's kind of hilarious it reminded me of do you know I missed my senior class portrait <laughs> no I mean I'm not surprised but what was the story uh, the story, oh, well, you're not going to, you're going to be even less surprised when I tell you why, uh, because I overslept <laughs> and sister Lorraine, God rest her soul. I, so I, I worked in high school. I worked, um, at this, at pizza the pizza place. Yeah. The pizza, pizza place. Yeah. I worked until midnight, which, you know, yeah. you're 15, 16, that's late. Um, and I had late arrival my senior year. I had worked it out. My, my high school was a blessing. Uh, they really did work with us as children who had different circumstances to accommodate our schedules, which is uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I had late arrival my senior year. So I could, so because like I had finished a lot of my requirements and we had block scheduling, so I didn't have to be there until like 
nine 30 where everybody else had to be in school at seven because I didn't have a first period. We had 80 right. classes. So I think I had late arrival and I think I had just overslept that day. My mom would leave for work really, really, really early. I had to get myself up, get myself dressed and get myself out the door for years. And sister Lorene, I used to work in the Dean's office. She would, you know, sometimes she would call me and be like, Natalie, don't forget this is today or that's today. Again, I was so blessed with so many teachers that I had. So I'll never forget. I was like, I think I, I got all ready for school. Cause this is what I would do. I would get up at like six. I get all ready. And then I'd sit on the couch and eat my breakfast, but then I would just like lay down. And sometimes I would fall back asleep. Right. Tired. So I think I fell back asleep and I woke up and it was her, her on the answer machine. Natalie, you're missing the senior portrait. And I, I remember I like jumped up and I ran out and I got on the bus. But by the time I got to school, I missed it because it was like during that late arrival time period, all the yeah. seniors had to come in early for it. It was the only time that they could do. So I'm not in the Cardinal Doherty 2006 senior class photo. Did you get your senior pictures? Oh yeah. That was on a okay. different day. This was just like the class last photo. photo. Yeah. So me and it was like before Photoshop. So they couldn't even like Photoshop your head in. No, it was the entire senior class on the bleachers in the Cardinal Doherty gym. And I came in, you know, at like nine 30, I think like when I was supposed to, I think, it, yeah, they were doing it during first period. I didn't have a first period. I was supposed to be there for first. I overslept. They called me. They're like, you're missing. It. And I was like, ah, and I got there and I missed it. So yeah, now, I has that picture. I'm not in it. <laughs> How far was where you lived from your high school? Um, so it was like, it wasn't far, actually. I'm intrigued to look up and see how far it was. It was probably, I could walk it if I wanted to. Oh, um, so it was close. It wasn't close. I could walk it, but I would have had to cross some train tracks, some hills, oh. stuff like that. Because um, mine was a 25 minute car ride, maybe 30 minutes. Um, mine, hold on, let me see. Cardinal Doherty High School from, let's put in my old address, 6436. Nine minute drive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 49 minute walk. So it's 2.3 miles. Okay. So, right. Far, but not. But not far enough where like I did hop on the bus and I probably got there within 20 minutes, you know, if I caught the bus at a good time. But yeah, I thought of that when I saw Nick was missing from the photo. I was like, oh, I know that feeling because I'm not in my doctorate. And you're like, and you know what? We're both fucking successful. And we're both totally fine, Nick. And you don't need to be in the picture. You don't. Yeah, you're fine. Although they'll probably, there there was another, there was three of them that weren't in it. I didn't But then of course I went to the back. I was like, oh my God, is this a bad omen? Right. No, no, no. No, I mean, again, and you know, it was funny. I did, that was when I was like the news anchor on CDTV and everything. I ended up fine. You can miss the photo. Yeah. Miss, if you know what, sleep is more important than a photo. It, it was for me at that time. It was yeah. at that time. I was cracking up, but no, the combine, what else? Is, I mean, I feel like the combine is, you know, just kind of like a showcase. I was kind of dying at all the coverage, all the reporters down there sitting around asking their questions. Yeah. I think the, the two interesting stories, I mean, there's obviously... There's the big story of Aaron Rodgers. We still don't know what's going on with him, right? So, like, that's kind of up in the air. He came out of the dark and still keeping everybody in the dark. He's like, I went in the dark, and now you guys are going to be in the dark. There's still Odell still didn't sign with anybody, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Carson Wentz still didn't sign with anybody, which I think is really interesting. Does anybody, who does it? Who wants him? I mean, he's just going to be a backup. It's not like yeah, he, yeah. I don't know. But who, somebody who's desperate is going to need to sign him. 
a team that's going to be like need a backup. There's a lot of really bad te- teams with bad quarterbacks. Like I'm surprised that no one has signed him unless he's just waiting around for it. I don't know. And then like the other big news was how Ben Simmons is like done with the Nets. Like, I wonder if he's just going to be done. At this point, I feel like maybe he should be for himself. Yeah. Like, just, just like, just, like call on a, just on a human level yeah. like, even about sports anymore, Ben, like it's okay. Yeah. You don't, ha- you don't have to play basketball. It's okay. You really, you don't have to. I mean, I mean, unless his nerve impingement in his back is really terrible, which who am I to say whether or not that's true since it has been a problem for years. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, that's, that was when that news came out, I was just like, my God, you know, again, yeah. those fall from graces, but I, that's, I don't know if he'll play again. I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, part of me is like, he'll play because of his ego. And then another part of me is like, maybe he won't play because of his ego. Or, you know, I, like there's, it, maybe the NBA just isn't for him. Yeah. I mean, that's, I really do believe that. I just believe that he is a God-given talent, but he just like didn't care, you know, and that's just what it is. Yeah. It's like, there are people who like are really great singers who don't care to do anything with it. Right. Like if I right. could open up my mouth and like belt out like some operatic tune, like that's all I would be like trying to do with my life. But there are people who can sing really, really well and choose not to do right. anything with it. It's just like their side talent, you know? Yeah. And they're just and, like, I'm good. Well, and how old is Ben now? I'm like, my God, what is he like 28? Is he that old? I mean, he has to be. He's 26. God, okay. There you go. Um, so this is interesting. I think we should talk about um the NC, the final four. So for the women, it's LSU, Virginia Tech. It's the first time Virginia Tech has made it to the Final Four and then Iowa and South Carolina. I mean, I usually don't love a dynasty. I usually like the underdog to win, but I really like, I just love Don Staley so much that I just want South Carolina to win. Oh my God. I, I mean, so, and you know how I feel about this and I, I know I don't really hold any like reservations about sharing this with people. I've never been a big college basketball person. I won't yeah. like I've ever have been like, it, it just, it never entered. I appreciate it. Love March madness. I'll fill out a bracket. Great. You know, I know that there are people who are like so gung ho about it and like live for the entire month, but I really like, I'll turn on the games, catch what's going on. I'll keep up with the scores, but I I've never had an allegiance to any sort of college basketball team, even growing up in Philly. I guess if I did have one, it would be temple because I did get to go see them as yeah. like a teenager and I went to Temple University. Um, but like, so I don't really have any like rooting interest other than like figuring out the Cinderella stories and the upsets and like all exactly. that. Exactly. That's the fun so, part. So the thing that's interesting about the women. Yeah, hell yes, Don Staley. Like that's my rooting interest. Like yeah. I need to find one, you know. So Virginia Tech, so they have it's like all the top seeds have made it. So like Virginia Tech's number one, LSU's number two, and then South Carolina's number one, and Iowa's number two and South Carolina is undefeated. Like, do you know how crazy that is that they're undefeated? So that's pretty crazy. And then in the men's, it is Florida Atlantic university. That's ranked number nine. They've never, and that's like a Cinderella underdog story. They're playing San Diego state, which is the fifth seed. And then Miami is five playing UConn. It's four. So it's a, the interesting thing about the men's tournament is that it's very weird schools. Right. It, it's weird schools. 
Um, but it's cool that it's weird because I'm like, so my dad is obsessed with March Madness, obsessed with college basketball. He college basketball is his thing. Massive North Carolina Tar Heel fan, like the whole thing. And so, um, so I, you know, so he literally sits on the recliner like a zombie and just like loves every single game, yeah, which is awesome. And like, there's some really great games and upsets and like all the things that you love. But at the same time, you know, you still expect like Duke, the fact that like Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, like all these big teams are not in it is wild. And instead we have Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, Miami and UConn. So I kind of, I like that. You know what I mean? I like the fact that it's like weird schools. Um, The ones, uh, the story that I have been following though um, is Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Oh my God. Like that, that, that's the 40 point triple double. Um, and never happened before in NCAA history. Well, and what I liked about the story. And again, like I said, I I'm casually following this. I, I probably shouldn't admit that, but I will. I I'm casually following March madness. We've got a lot going on right now. Um, yeah, we do. And it is baseball season. So, um, what I saw about this was Apparently there was commentary on the internet when uh, I think it was sports illustrated posted about the incredible game that she had that 40 point triple double AP just named her um, AP player of the year. Yeah. Associated press player of the year. Um, And um, so sports illustrated posted and somebody said, if I posted about a woman's sports story five years ago, all the commentary would have been so negative, so horrible. So this, like, so they post the story and all the commentary under her like incredible statistic was like, how do we get her in the league? Like, it seemed like people were really giving her her credit. And there was like a lot, there was a lack of misogynistic hate, which made my heart very happy. Yeah. Because, and this was somebody, the person who shared this had worked at Barstool and ESPN. And right. he was like, he's like, not for nothing. He's like, I just can't get over these comments and how positive they are because- It's so rare, yeah. It's so rare. And that actually has made me happy as well. So I just feel like we should point out like the positives, you know, of of perhaps, look, men, you know, this is a woman's basketball player because they, they talk so much shit, right? It's like, what, when, where, why aren't you going to an NBA game or why aren't you watching women's basketball? Like blah, 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 blah. I got into a fight with a guy, George, on my Instagram who was like, well, you know, no one's stopping anybody from going to a WNBA game. And I was like, it is the patriarchy. People have not been conditioned to cheer for women's sports like they have for men. I'm like, you literally on when Jason and Travis Kelsey and the New Heights podcast had their parents on, Donna Kelsey talked about when she started playing sports, it was before Title IX even was passed. Yeah. Like people don't realize like it is not as simple as just going to a game. It It's about how your brain has been trained and how you're root for things and, and the money that's behind things and the hype that's behind things and the machine that, that builds the hype behind things. Like people do not realize that it's not as simple as like, oh, I'm just going to go to a game. It's everything that has happened in the past. It's like when you talk about systemic racism, it's systemic for a reason because it's decades and decades and decades and decades and layers and layers and layers and layers. And it's very similar. It's like the thing that stood out the most was 
the, there was that tweet like when Brittany Griner was going through her whole thing in in, in Russia and somebody tweeted like uh, and how people were treating her like imagine if it was Bryce Harper in Russia the the conversation and the tweets and the narrative would have been completely different and yeah. that is how you sum up racism and misogyny like it's a perfect example like people would have done any people there would have been you know jerry from south jersey would have been flying over to russia himself to break out brace seriously <laughs> seriously and so and then what was the other statistics statistically speaking um it was like the highest watched game i yeah. think in months and <laughs> the prices for the women's nc for the women's final four versus the men's final four the women's tickets are starting at 250 the men's tickets are starting at like 89 yeah. like it's like i'm not trying to diss the men here what i'm trying to do is highlight like this is called ath athletic like this is what it's all about right sports are about watching these athletes and like perform incredible feats with their incredible talents you pay to see that it, no matter what, like race, gender, sex, creed, whatever you want to have, like you're watching this woman perform at like a super high level. This is what she deserves. She's the best. Yep. She's the best in the country at her game. Like yep. she should get the praise. She should get the respect. She should get the ticket prices around that because there's all these dudes who are like, I've never seen a stat, like stat like, line like that before in my life. Like that's, that's what it's all about. So good for Caitlin Clark. Let's that's go. my that's my thought another thing that's really interesting is is kim mulkey and if you've been following her she's all over tiktok she's the head she's the head oh, women's coach i called for, her the lady the lady gaga of basketball yeah so like she's such a boss and and i had to do a lot of digging because i was seeing all these conflicting reports because when you first see her her outfits and she's wearing the heels and just how she handles herself but she's actually has been unfortunately in the past like extremely homophobic and basically there's so many lesbian basketball players and told all of them and she was Brittany Griner's head coach and flat out said like you need to keep you need to keep who you are like in the closet basically and so like that totally sucks because see I see I didn't know this about her and again this is me and I know it sucks like, that like my my whole forte has been um you know Philadelphia sports primarily I and again I'm learning this as I go along I saw the commentary on her her outfits though and I was just like if I were a woman's basketball coach and I was my team was in the NCAA tournament I think I'd be flashy too yeah I I like I has love she, everything about her that's the thing that sucked is that like everything I was her ways like or not reformed but like I think I think a lot of what we need to kind of approach things, these delicate situations, not delicate situations. That's the wrong, that's not what I meant. I think what we, how we need to like reapproach these situations as we can open up the conversations is like, has she grown and learned anything right, from right. that time? It's like, I do don't know. you know if she's grown and learned anything from that time? No, I would hope so. I would, I would hope. I don't know. I mean, I think it's one of those things that she's probably just like, I'm focusing on winning, you know? And, and again, like I understand it, obviously coming, I'm a cis straight white woman, right. As are you. Um, although did you watch Daisy Jones and the six? I'm watching it now. Well, oh I watched like three episodes. Isn't Camilla the most beautiful person you've ever seen? Yes. Like I was like, am I, do I want to be her or is like, am I like, is the kid in love with kid? her in love with her? Yeah. And like, 
my friend Rebecca texted me and and she's like, I just finished Daisy Jones and the sixth. Like, is it weird how I feel about Camila? And I was like, oh my God. And then like a couple people DM me the same thing on Instagram. But I was she's she actually dated, it's kind of creepy because she dated Leonardo DiCaprio for like five years when she was like 18. Yeah, she was one of his right. victims. But she's so like in that show, particularly, I was like, oh my God, what would it be like to look like that? Um, but isn't that show so good? Did you read the book? No. I didn't read the book either. And I was going to read the book because usually I feel guilty. Yeah. I feel guilty if I, right. Um, but I was like, I can't wait. And I like dove in and I was like, oh my, and I'm sobbing. Wait, wait to the end. Wait to the I, end. There's you know, some gasps at the end. Is there, see, you know yeah. me and my shows. So that that's actually on my plate right now. I have Daisy Jones and the six, because you know, I love Fleetwood Mac and I know that it's based off of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And that is, this is where I come in. And now I'm like, now I'm like, this isn't Fleetwood Mac, you know? Well, I think I'm, it's I'm like, like, it's supposed to be like inspired by, but like the tweets are so funny because it's like Fleetwood Mac being like, is this about us? What? What? Right. What? Like, <laughs> the tweets are so funny. But like Riley, Ke- Ke- Riley Keough, I mean, she's so talented. And I'm like, everything that just happened with like all the Elvis hype and then her mom just passing away and like just who she plays in the, it, it's, it's all very- The timing. Weird. Timing, the timing, timing, yeah. But anyway, I was saying like, as a cis straight white woman, just besides Camila from Daisy Jones and the Six, um, like, I do think that there has to be something to be said. And I'll have to ask, you know, a bunch of my gay friends that like, sometimes like who, like what your sexuality is, doesn't matter. So like, I do understand that, that like, you know, a lot of people will talk about Dawn Staley and she's never commented. It's like, she shouldn't have to, like, she's a fucking basketball coach. If she doesn't want to talk about it, it's fine. But then on the flip side, the conversation is, well, you, we need representation. So like, I see both sides. I see a coach saying like, well, I don't care who you sleep with. Like we're here to win games. And then the other side of it being, well, no, like I need to be who I am and not hide who I am because like representation and diversity matter. So like I could see both sides of it. Very Libra of me. But, but, and that's where I think the, I think like how you approach these conversations going forward, right? It's like, and I'm right now I'm in this space and this is my Libra nature is I'm sick of like, I feel like all of these really horrific things that we have to deal with as a society. There's so many people who are struggling, you know, sexuality, you know, the like trans rights, racism, misogyny, whatever, whatever it is. It's like, we've been fighting about these things for so, so, so long. And it's like, we have to start bridging these gaps with rational conversation because I'm like, we keep getting, it's like these horrific spirals of just finger pointing. And, and it's like, we're the ones who are acting like children, right? It's like, well, it's your fault and it's your fault and it's this fault. And I'm not going to do this. And I'm not going to do that. And like, it's all these people, it's everybody wants to blame each other, but it's like, no, now we all have to fucking start blaming ourselves because we, we, we need to adult here. My friend Sheil said that, and I don't know if we're going to talk about Nashville um, and another school shooting there. Cause I could just cry yeah. and drop thinking about it. You know, all those lives lost, but like, it's, it's so true because as soon as I saw that news hit, I was like, here it goes again. I was like, it's just going to be the same arguments, the same people, the same finger pointing, the same blaming. And I'm like, but we're all the adults here. And I'm reading about this little girl Emily Dykehouse or um, who ran when she heard the gunshots, she didn't run out the door. She ran for the fire alarm. Yeah. 
to help her friends to get her friends out of the building. And I think to myself, I'm like, A, she had the emotional wherewithal and B, her instinct as a nine-year-old child was to, was to run to help other people. And I'm like, yeah, these children are the example that we need to be following. Like, because the adults in this country, we don't have that anymore. We don't have the compassion. We don't have the empathy. We don't have, we don't even have the time to sit down and talk to each other to come to resolutions. That's how childlike the adults in this this country have become. It's nothing but blaming and finger pointing and like adolescent, petty, vindictive, like repulsive behavior. And I'm like, as somebody who feels passionately about figuring out a way to make things better, right? Without having to blame anybody anymore. I'm at this point now where it's like, it's like, we have to stop. I don't know what the answer is, but like, you need to look at that nine-year-old little girl and think about why she is better than you in these responses. Because like, she, she didn't think about herself, right? We're so conditioned to just think about ourselves and our own selfish needs. And it's like, everything I just think is like so, so screwed up. I feel so helpless. And it's just, it's such a shame. And it starts with conversation and the way, the way that we're seeing this play out politically in the media, there's no conversation. It's just a bunch of grown adults who want to hear themselves talk for themselves. It has nothing to do with the actual problems or those babies who are being killed. And, and no, it's, I mean, you always are, you're always so passionate and eloquent and you said exactly how it is. And, but I mean, the, the most insane thing is, I mean, it's been 10 years since Sandy Hook and nothing was changed. And it was when you think about all the school shootings and Uvalde just happened and like, I mean, I, to me, like, yes, do I think there needs to be conversations? Yes. But the obsession with guns in this country yeah. is an epidemic. People want to talk about mental health and, uh, and a casual friend of mine, she's like, what, she's a friend of a friend. She is a nine-year-old. And she was like, people want to talk about mental health and blame this on mental health instead of blaming the guns. She's like, did you ever think that maybe kids' mental health is a struggle because they know they're not safe in school and they have to do active? And I was like, how did I never think about this? It's like, do you ever think that maybe your mental health is like, is, is these poor kids that are growing up, you know, cause they're petrified to go to school every day. And then the parents are petrified, like energy matters. And like anxiety, it, people, kids can so, see that energy, you know? So, and, and it's like, and then somebody had the nerve to say about like, somebody commented and was like, oh, well, you know, it's a shame a teacher didn't have a gun. And I was like, my mother taught for almost 50 years. My brother currently is a teacher. My whole life has been surrounded by teachers. Teachers don't want to carry fucking guns. They did not get into the line of work to carry fucking guns. Do like, you don't even want teachers to teach certain curriculum, but you want them to carry guns. It's so, it is such a fucked up way. And that and it all comes down to like money and control. It's like, you want to put on these rules on women's bodies. You want to ban fucking drag queens singing and dancing at a brunch with some monkey bread and some eggs Benedict, but like children are being slaughtered. Like it's well, so insane, insane to me. There's this there, the New York times just released this story yesterday. Hospitalizations. Okay. For pediatric suicidal behavior increased by 163% over 11 years. Yeah. 163% pediatric suicide. So like these are children who are deciding that in their whatever has happened in their childhood 
They're like, we want to take our own lives. And I have to think to myself, like, like you just said, they're, they're stressed that they're under, they're going to school, they're dealing with like these threats that we didn't have to deal with as kids. I remember when Columbine happened, I, it was what, 1999. I was in like fifth grade. You were what, like probably what in high school? High school, yeah. Ninth grade, eighth grade? No, senior. Yeah. So uh, like, and that I'm just like, we are failing. I'm just like, I know I sound like very, what about the children? But I'm like, junior. and and I'm like thinking, I'm like these children, like, and they're looking around and this is what I'm getting at. They're looking around at all the people in charge. Yeah. And all the people and they're not doing anything. are lunatics. Not only lunatics. are that, they are irrational lunatics who can't even speak nicely to another human. Like that's what, that's what I can't get over. I'm like, I'm, like I can't imagine being 10 being like, this is the future of the world for me. Yeah. Let me turn on the TV and see how they're going to solve this problem to make sure I'm safe in school. Right whether it's Fox News, CNN, any of those news networks, you're like, well, it's this person and it's this person and it's this person. Shut the fuck up. Like somebody, I, I, again, I don't know what it is and I'm angry this week because I've been watching the coverage and I, ha- I stopped watching it. And I'm yeah. angry because I watch it and I'm like, this is nothing. This is doing nothing. This does nothing but hurt. I said, and all these kids are hurting. I can't. All right. That's all I have to say about that. <sighs> it's just, it's absolute, absolute insanity. And listen, like, I don't hide the fact that like, I hate guns. Like I don't, under- I hate like, guns too. Right. But fine. People want to have them for some reasons, but the fact, and I, and I do really do believe that I think that there are probably responsible gun owners out there who are hunters, um, who, you know, for whatever reason, I think any rational person would agree that like going through like the fact that you have to jump through hoops to like get a Sudafed over the counter or a driver's license and it is so ridiculously easy yes. to get a gun like that's I think also like the obsession with a metal object it's a obsession with a metal object that is just it's just crazy to me it is and just absolutely crazy to me and then it's bizarre how they just like it's like oh well now we can't do anything well and it's all like Sigmund Freud used to prescribe everybody cocaine to cure their like depression and anxiety like you adjust with the times it's called adjusting with the times yeah. like yeah. like we also used to pull teeth without Novocaine. Yeah. Are you going well, to go was... dentist in the dentist chair and have your it's... pulled without Novocaine? Like it, it's, you have to try. And I just feel like people are now stopping trying and that's because the adults are acting like the children. That's, I guess what my point is. And I don't even know where that, how to start to pick up the pieces. Well, it all, right unfortunately out, it all I comes down helpless. to money. That's what it is. I mean, it all, it all comes down to money. That's what it does. It unfortunately just does. I mean, the NRA has a chokehold in all these people and they, these people who consider themselves these, um, you know, constitution purists think that like, because the second amendment says the right to bear arms, that means that every fucking citizen should have an, you know, an automatic rifle. It's so fucked up. Um, well, and- you know what? It, it, while we're at it, you know, what? if that's the way that the country is going to go, it, in addition to the AR-15s, we should just put pipe bombs Molotov cocktails. Let's just put it all on the friggin' shelf. Because if you're not gonna, if you're gonna just allow one weapon that can take out, oh, I don't know, hundreds of people in one yeah. round to be sold in a store legally, what? Why stop there? What? What? Tear? What else? Tear gas? What else can we think? Uh, what else do they use in war? Um, 
tanks. Oh, why can't I just go buy a tank? Right. It's like, these are, these are war. These are for war. Like the average civilian doesn't, doesn't need to have this. It's just it's like, it's, Oh God. It's so, it's so frustrating to me. Um, on a much lighter note, did you, you know, that I've, oh, that I finally watch almost famous for the first time. How is that even possible? I know it is so weird. My friend Holly brought it up to me over the weekend when I had COVID and because I was talking about Daisy Jones and she's like, oh yeah, it's like, you know, almost famous. I'm like, you know, I've never seen that movie. And she's like, what? Like, and I go, I don't know what I was doing. I don't know why I, I never watched it. So she's like, please for me. So I did, I watched it. I was like, oh my God. And you know, it's based on a true story. Like yeah. it's based on Cameron Crowe's life. And it was so crazy to me that like people got away with that shit at like 15 and 16 in like the seventies. Do you know what I mean? Like before the internet, people got away with so much shit because there was no way to trace any of it. I was just watching my brother sent me this meme. I guess it was a commercial uh, or it was this video of these old news news clips speaking of, okay, this kind of goes into the whole conversation where they were banning drinking and driving wow. and, all these, and all these people were pissed. And they're like, the guy goes, I just got off work. What do you mean? I can't drive home and have a couple beers while I'm waiting in traffic, you know, like, and, and this was just the way that it was then and it's like well now you see the benefits of why you can't drink and drive anymore yes it is crazy I can't believe that you've never seen that what did I you know think? well did you like it I did I really liked it yeah like I mean I hated uh she's okay I mean I I never was like she she was never like my person right I did like I loved how to lose a guy in 10 days like that oh, was like, such a classic you know yeah. what I mean um but I thought I thought it was because Princess Sophia wants to come out and play. Um, <laughs> you're so vain. I bet you think this song is about you. Don't. Ooh, that's the title. You're so vain. I bet you think this podcast is about you. Yes, there we go. There's, that's the title. Um, so uh, she was was good, but it was crazy that she was only 20 years old and that came out. It's like she was like one of the original Nepo, Nepo babies. I guess she was, but I. But she's talented. Looked, she's really talented, and I never looked at her like that. And I don't know if I. She put in the work too. Yeah, she, she did. did. Yeah, yeah. I don't see. I feel like there's nepo babies, and then there's like. Child children of actors like that. It's kind of like a family business, right? Do right, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. If well, if if my mom was Goldie Hawn, like I probably would have been an actress too. A hundred percent. She yeah. just didn't like wake up. I feel like Goldie, like, or Kate Hudson didn't just like wake up at like 20, demand a skincare line and be like, mom, get me a job. Like, get me like on a show. Like, right. I just don't think that that was her trajectory. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I liked the movie more when I realized it was based off of Cameron Crowe's life. And when I really read about him and I love, like, I love that. And then it, the fact that I just watched Daisy Jones and I was obsessed with that. So it was very much into the theme. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I, which I loved. And then you said you're watching succession too. So I finally started binging succession and everybody was like on my ass about it. And what do you think of it? It's taken me a minute to get into the first couple episodes. I, this is my problem is I, if I'm not captivated initially, like it's hard to keep my attention. Yeah, especially and it's it's kind of slow moving at first. And my brother told me this. My brother loves it. 
And right. he was like, Matt, you got to watch Succession. I think that you'll really like it. So I like it so far. And I'm getting to the part where now I think I'm understanding the characters, the cadence of the show, the humor in the show, which yes. is starting to be really funny, which I it wasn't is, necessarily prepared for. I do find myself at times laughing out loud, but I will say it's exactly what I expected. Like I didn't, I thought it was just going to be like a bunch of like annoying rich people. And it is like, I, and it's so funny because thank God there's only, they're, they're only on season four. So like, you know, I've talked about this before. I have a binging problem. And I always say like, I started watching it on Sunday and I'm already on season three. And I was like, if I could win a marathon, it's a fucking TV watching marathon, man. I commit to it because I just want to be caught up. So I'm not even really enjoying some of it. I just want to be caught up so I could, cause it's a fine show to watch once a week. Do you know what I mean? But like, there's not enough sex and romance for me in it. Like I like a spice. I like some sex and romance. Like there are so many opportunities for them to make it a little bit more spicy and they just right. don't, they make it like PG. And I'm like, it there's, they're talking about cocaine every other scene. Can we see some hot sex scenes? Like, I'm not <laughs> sure why we miss that window. Like that's what annoys me about it. I would enjoy it so much better. If there was like a lot, like, like lo- a love, story like kind of like tied in yeah like if there was a love story tied in some some chemistry or even if there was like opportunities where it's like oh somebody's gonna hook up with somebody and like we get to see a little sexy scene you know what I mean just something where they'll like pretend to kiss and then the next scene starts I was like is this the Disney channel with fuck and cocaine yeah like this is weird yeah so anyway, I'm watching it. It's fine. It There are parts that are very funny. It's obviously very well shot. The scenery is really great. Um, but it's just like, you know, annoying rich people. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it's like, whatever. And it also shows you how like they basically control the world. I like Billions. Billions was very similar. Billions was about this guy, you know, Axel Axelrod, who had this company and like, it was a little more spicy, which I enjoyed, but I do like the family dynamic. Um, I think that that's pretty good too. And then obviously you, you watched Ted Lasso, right? So I watched like half of the second seat. Cause that came out like last spring, right? Well, no, can't. I think I'm on season three. They're on season three. I'm on season, I'm halfway through season two. Okay. So I didn't, I think, or did I see the last episode of season two? I think I've seen it. I have to re-catch up on the last season because I remember there was a lot going on when I was trying to finish that one. Yeah. Maybe finish Succession, catch up, and then do Ted. So like episode one of season three came out when I was in Nashville. So I saved it and watched it on the plane home. And you know me, I'm hysterical on the plane. <laughs> there I, I'm like, oh, it's annoying. I have to, no, I have to see the Ted Lasso. I know everybody loves it. It's very good. It's very well done. Cause, and also like, I don't think there's anything in succession that I'm surprised about either. Like for as, as like good hearted as Ted Lasso is, there's there's moments where you're kind of shocked or you, there's things that happen that are unexpected. In succession, I'm like, it's the same damn storyline. Like what's, there's nothing that I'm like, whoa. Right, okay. That's what I'll have to keep an eye on that. Cause again, I'm only at the end of season one of succession. Yeah, but I mean, you have an idea of it now. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, <laughs> what it's, what it's like, I always think of Michael Rubin, you know, who used to, who owns the fanatics. I'm like, is this his life as a billionaire? Like they zip all around. 
Pretty much. I'd imagine that that's pretty much what it's like. Lots they literally lots of moving parts. One of my favorite parts of the of the whole show, though, is how they literally are like, okay, well, let's just like go to a meeting in the ha- and they just like all jump on the helicopters and the helicopter, like the the planes, like ever. That's cool to me. Oh yeah, just the to have the ability to kind of like treat the world as your neighborhood. I yeah. think it's really neat. I love you know? that. Yeah, yeah having like the ability to do that where I'm like, okay, I got to go to South Philly to get my clams for my annual Good Friday linguine clams, you know, they're like, oh, well, I'll go to, I'll go to Italy and get the clams from the bottom of like, yeah. from like Sicily, from like the ocean. And they're like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, there was like a one scene that somebody pointed out on TikTok about where they were talking about this woman's bag and the bag was so big. And like, oh, did she bring shoes to walk around? And how like, when you're a billionaire, like you don't take the subway, like you get driven everywhere. So like, you never have to wait in traffic. You never have to walk to the subway. Like, and I'm like, oh, so it's like little things like that. That's really good. Um, And then there's some really funny moments in it, which I like. So, I mean, I'm going to stick with it, but I will say that not one of my, it, it was no Daisy Jones. Okay. So if you had to give like succession a grade, I'd say like a C plus B. Interesting. Okay. And Daisy Jones is like. Daisy Jones is an A. Oh, it's an A. Okay. Yeah. It, it may have been, it could not an A plus an A because I like to be shocked. I like to be like, wow, but it's obviously based off a book. So. Yes. But like, there's no real hot sex scenes in ted lasso and that's an a plus because it's it's so it's funny it's heartwarming and it's surprising like there's stuff that happens in ted lasso that i'm like i didn't see that coming yeah the storyline is brilliant in ted lasso i mean it's just such a different type of show you know succession i feel like like you're saying it does have like those same when i hear succession i kind of i think about billions and i think about like house of cards like just yeah just from the marketing of it or is that what it was called house of cards um house of lies house of lies house, you know, house of cards was the one with kevin spacey in dc house of lies was the one with Kristen bell where they were they were they were millionaires in in consulting on showtime but yeah you know, this is that's yeah. what i mean like they all kind of blend together where yeah. ted lasso is like so unique and just yeah. like this one-of-a-kind character wait really quick before we leave what is your take on harry styles making out with emrata I feel like I was a little surprised to see that because I thought that she was with that comedian, right? Whatever his name was. I think it's hilarious that she's kind of just out there doing her thing. Yeah. Um, and then didn't they say that she had a threesome with Olivia uh, Wilde? Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Is that, but like, is that a rumor? Is that true? I don't know. It's Andrew Wan. Do usually puts? Doesn't you? I yeah. was gonna defer to you because that's yeah. like your site. You're like the yeah, Dumois. Dumois you doesn't usually and Dumois now gotten so big that I listen to her podcast sometimes and she even says it like a lot of times she won't even say she doesn't even comment anymore on like cheating rumors or rehab or people's sexuality. I'm like, 
That's the whole reason why I follow because I want oh. the realty. But she's like, she, her the account got too big. She just feels that like she has a res- responsibility now, which I respect. But well, she, I bet you she doesn't want to get sued. That's what it exactly. is. She exactly. has a responsibility. No, she she made her name spill in the team. Now she doesn't want to get sued. Right, <laughs> and so. For slander or libel or anything like that. Yeah, so she doesn't really put stuff out that isn't true. So, I mean, what a hot threesome, obviously. You know what I mean? Um, but Again, two beautiful women, beautiful man. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that's interesting, though, is like why I could never have a threesome because I'm a very jealous person. I don't know why I'm jealous. My brain's wired. But it happens a lot where then the one, the two of them go off. So maybe that's the seat. Maybe the whole reason that Harry left Olivia was to go with Emrata. But what it, he clearly, lo- he loves a not yet divorced mom, you know, loves them. Yeah. You know, get me, get me a mom in a, in a separation entanglement and I'm hot to trot for her. Well, and to be fair, kind of think about the women and like where they're at mentally. Right. Yeah. And here comes Harry Styles. And they're like this. I'd be like, hey, Take me. Yeah, I, mean, I get it. Yes, I get Harry. it. Yes, Harry. I am. I am a hot mom going through a separation. Right? right. But you know what? Let's look at some hot moms that are available now. Kylie Jenner, Reese Witherspoon. He likes an older woman too. How about Reese Wait. Witherspoon getting divorced? But there's rumors about her and Tom Brady. What? Yeah. Yeah, there was some rumors about Tom and and Reese because she's obviously been separated for a while. They just announced it now. Wait, Tom Brady and Reese Witherspoon? That's what people are saying. I mean, she is age appropriate, which is nice that he's not with like a 22-year-old Instagram model. And, you know, they both are very like, hi. Uh You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they would just like be very good, like stand and smilers together. I know that that sounds horrible. I mean, they're both brilliant business people as well, but they they would be like a nice little like American couple, yeah. wouldn't they? Did you see the big interview that Giselle did in Vogue where what she talked say? about the divorce and she said, you know, people love to blame like one person or like his job. And she was like, I was 27 when I met, he was 29 and you know, I'm 43 or 40. Like I'm just, we just grew apart and that just happens sometimes, which leads me to believe that she really thought that he was going to play football probably for like five to six more years. And they were going to move to Costa Rica and she was just going to drink fresh coconut juice every day. And he was like, eh, I think I'm going to build an empire. And she's like, I'm out. I really think that that's what happened. Probably. probably. Because you could all like attraction only goes so far. There's no doubt in my mind that they probably, maybe they still get together and hook up from time to time. Cause I could see that happening. But like, she's like, I'm not living. I lived in Boston and now you're going to make me live in Tampa. Like I'm out. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, I want to be like, you know, he, he knows that he doesn't want to go off to Costa Rica. And maybe in his early twenties, when he was like starry eyed and in love with her before, you know, he just had been, she just not been, um, John, his oldest son that, you know, he decided she decided to stay with them because that's a crazy story. Like they were dating for seven months and then Bridget Moynihan was like, surprise, like I'm pregnant. Yeah. And Giselle decided to stay. And so like in that time, he could have been like, yeah, you know, like let's build a house in Costa Rica. And as time went on, he was like, I don't want to stop. And she was just like, well, this is not what I wanted to do. So it makes sense when you really break it down like that, why they got divorced. Oh, Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still sitting here and stunned thinking about him and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. 
God, I did not have her on my Tom Brady. Me either. I was shocked too. But then when I saw it, I'm like, that makes sense. Huh. I know. Um, You know, she complimented me once. I told you that, right? No. Oh, when you were in the movie. Yes. What'd she say? She liked my dress and then she told me that I was pretty. (laughs) Nice. And she touched very smart Reese. She, well, she touched the dress. She was like, oh my God, I love this. And she was looking. What was the movie again? It was called, How Do You Know? I need to look that up. Yeah, it was the biggest box office flop of 2010. So funny. I Literally. Know, I heard of Star- it. It's a rom-com, right? Rom-com, star-studded cast. Jack Nicholson. Crazy. Jack Nicholson, Owen Wilson, Reese Witherspoon, Paul Rudd. And that was when Owen Wilson was like in his prime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was interesting. Him and his dog had the same exact personality and his dog had the same haircut as him. Or maybe I just felt that way. I was like, well, you guys look very much alike because he had his dog on set. Um he had his dog on set. Dog <laughs> on set. But no, Reese, we were filming this scene and actually I was cracking um, lobster claws in the scene. So I had this hammer and they were going, okay, now one, two, three. And I had to do it over and over and over again. They were using my hands to crack, to crack the thing. And she, we were on the set and she loved the dress. It was this blue banana Republic dress that I was wearing. And I had to wear it every day. I had same hair, makeup dress every single day. And um, she came over. She's like, I've been looking. She's like, I just love this dress. And then I, she wasn't like looking at me because she's small and yeah. I'm small too. It's not like I'm much taller than her, but I was in um, heels. And then she was like, oh God, she's like, oh, you're so pretty. And I was like, thank you, Reese Witherspoon. Now, I mean, I'm like 20 years old. I couldn't even drink. I couldn't even go out with the cast to drink afterwards, afterwards. because I was, I was 20. And Reese Witherspoon, it was like such a life moment, but she was That's so cool. So How sweet. do you know? All right. Watch it. Everybody look so for kind. Yes. Um, all right. I got it. Go. My life. All right. Let's talk to you next week. Mwah. All right. See you. Mwah, mwah, mwah. I know, I know.